Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Today is Saturday. Today is Saturday. Today is Saturday. Today is Saturday. It has been a whirlwind. It has been a whirlwind. It has been a whirlwind literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. In all the ways it could be. So many ways it has been a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. We are coming to you live Emphasis on wind. (laughs) Yes, a big (laughs) emphasis on the wind, which we will get to in one moment. Um, We are coming to you live from... The Rocky Mountain National Park. That's right. We, we are, are here in Grand Lake. We are here in Grand Lake. Um, but today we spent our day hiking through the Estes Park section of Rocky Mountain National Park. Why don't we begin this episode by um, you telling us what you just did? <laughs> that was like the biggest, like, um, tell the class what you did, Jimmy. Tell the class what you did, Jimmy. Oh, and the class yeah. will know. Mm-hmm. Well... Dusty and I have had quite a day, as we mentioned, and I went to use the restroom before in our lovely Airbnb, and I needed to sit down, let's put it that way, (laughs) when I used the restroom, and um, when I flushed the toilet, it did not flush automatically, and I panicked and didn't see a plunger in the space. So I flushed the toilet again, knowing full well that I had control of how to turn the water off because I am the son of a plumber. And the toilet bowl overflowed right into our room. It was clean water. Things had been Thank God. distributed. But that became an ordeal at 9.30 at night when we are fully and totally exhausted. That's right. And now I feel like a big jackass. So, mm-hmm. Listen, it happens to the best of it us. It does. I do have some follow-up questions, though. <laughs> um, one being, you didn't know that there was a plunger. I didn't. When the plunger was... Hidden. No, it was inside under, it was inside the, the cabinet underneath the sink. I mean, you can call it a vanity if you want, but it's not a vanity. <laughs> it's a sink with a cabinet underneath it. The plunger is right in there because um, let me just, I'm going to tell you something my dad told me when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. He was like, Dusty, you listen to me. You never ever want to get yourself into a situation <laughs> where you were at someone's house and you take a shit on the commode <laughs> and it starts to overflow and you don't know how to stop it. Right. You have to know you how have to, to be stop in control it. You have times. to be in control at all times. As you said to me, I never walk into a foreign bathroom without knowing where the blender I is. I never do. And if when I walk into a bathroom at like a friend's house or an, like a new house mm-hmm. I've never been into before, the first thing I take stock of is where they have placed the plunger. Mm-hmm. And, um, if it's someone I trust well enough, then I and I don't see one, I will straight up ask. Like, right. where did where did you put your plunger? Just in case, <laughs> you know. Like, it's just it's something that we should happen. not have shame yeah. about. No. no, it happens all the time. The other thing is, I was sitting in here. Yes, while it literally was literally like three feet away. Literally three feet away, and I hear this like <laughs> splash of water, and I just hear like, oh no. <laughs> And then just like water starts pouring out from under the door. <laughs> yes. And so like, 
Oh, did you just stand there? No, like, I what turned, did you do? I turned the, the faucet. I turned the valve off. Oh, you turned the valve off. I turned the valve off. I know. Oh, okay, so you were off. proactive. I was in proactive. That moment. I you was didn't like, just stand there right. doing nothing. And, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I just looked at it. I was like, oh, what a beautiful way oh, to end the I day. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Here is here is another thing that sort of goes along with this event that just occurred in the restroom. <laughs> is um, over the past three days, two days, two days, we have experienced a very high volume of flatulence. <laughs> it's true between the two of us. Like it's As scary in, true. It's so like we've talked about farting like uh, often on this on the show. Like, but like the farting is so rampant. Like, <laughs> and rancid. And so rancid. I mean, it smells like it smells like a dead animal like like crawled inside of the both crawled of us. inside of both of us and like then decided to like eat other carcasses of its same <laughs> kind of species <laughs> and then waste away right. into its own like waste pile. Waste pile. I mean, right. that is how bad right. it is. Well, and um, the here's the thing is that we have like comfortably been farting in front of each other for, oh, for the years. longest part of our years. I mean, absolutely. And also, like, it's this would not happen if we couldn't do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Easily comfortable. Yes. Um, but, like, it has been, what has been your phrase? Like, to warn me. Oh, the the <laughs> phrase has been, because then Mike throws a little hissy if I fart and I don't warn him about it. <laughs> As you've heard before in previous episodes, I was like, what can I say that is, like, super like suspenseful but also like the most dramatic so i just say um something has occurred <laughs> or something is about to occur something is about to occur right that's the like the code the for like fart is coming right the farts come in hot and fast but what did we learn about our so, extreme flatulence okay. so we were we've been talking about this since we've been up here is that you know everybody that i know of who has come to colorado loves color i mean a, Colorado is absolutely breathtaking. We'll in stop so talking about bathroom stuff in a minute. Folks. I pro- we promise. <laughs> but um, we were like, "Why is this? Why is this happening?" Like we had we had talked about how like we had been totally fine with like oxygen levels and breathing, and like that really hadn't had any effect on us. When we're dealing with in the car ride because we had a long car ride today, like this incessant incessant gas we were like i finally was like okay like is does the altitude have something to do with this like Mm -hmm. is there some kind of connection and what did we find out we found that there is actually a condition called hafe high altitude flatulence expulsion well it's called High altitude flatus expulsion. expulsion. Flatus, which is like, I guess, actually the action. Is what a flatus does. Yes, (laughs) they flatus. But because of the pressure that it puts on your body, you produce more gas. Right. So we were like, all right, we're just like living our normal lives over here. And that's Making our way downtown. Walking fast, faces past. And we have gas. And I'm fart bound. Looking for adventure, want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes and open your heart when you gaze at the National Park. At the National Park. At the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you there. Maybe 40 minutes or so, because I'm a hard, evil person, and I make <laughs> us get up early to do things. My, actually, I used that an alarm, I didn't set an alarm, and my 
my body naturally woke up at 4.30. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're still riding the jet lag train a little bit, and we're still, like, living in our, you know, time zone, so that would make that, what, like, 6.30 at home? Something so, like that, yeah. yeah. I'm also, we, I think, well, I at least got a full eight hours of sleep last night. And I got a, you know, hot, wet garbage pile of, like, maybe cobbled together six hours altogether. Well, why is that? Um, pure exhaustion. Yeah. So, we're here in the Rocky Mountains National Park right now, and, um, we are staying in the Grand Lake area, uh, which there's essentially, like, two main towns that are really close to hiking trails in the Rocky Mountain National Park. The one we're staying in, which is Grand Lake, and then... And then Estes Park. Estes Park is where we are driving to today. Now, here is what's cool, is that, like, Rocky Mountain National Park is... The park itself is not as, like, enormous as other parks, but it's sizable. And there's this little connecting road that, like will take you from Grand Lake all the way to Estes Park. It's called Trail Ridge Road. It's called Trail Ridge Road. It's called Trail Ridge Road. <laughs> and um, it's it's about 40 miles on that road to get to Estes Park. However, there is so much snow in Rock, the Rocky Mountains, particularly Rocky Mountain National Park. They basically wait until, like, the middle of May to essentially fully plow that road and clear that road so that people can use it. Because of that, you have to drive south all the way around and make like a giant U in order to get to Estes Park and it takes three hours and 20 minutes from where we are. So we are on our way to Estes Park right now. Yep, because I'm a hard, <laughs> evil, cruel person. <laughs> But we wanted to get there by 9 a.m., so we had as much time as possible that we could find parking, hike early, hike often. And because the visitor center is open at 9, or at least, even though it said it was open at 8 online, when we went to the visitor center in Grand Lake yesterday, which said it was open at 8, it didn't open until 9, so we just were like, let's, let's not torture ourselves totally and get up at 4 and drive. So Rocky Mountain National Park was established on January 26, 1915. So she's an Aquarius. She is. I always say that Aquariuses have this bird's eye view that other like people can't see as well. Like an Aquarius will be able to like suss through a situation and go like, oh, that's the problem. And here's why it became the problem. And I think that's really accurate for Rocky Mountain because it's so high in the air. Yeah, that seems a hundred percent accurate. There. Yeah. Um they have like they have 124 named peaks in the park, and uh, 20 of those peaks are over 13,000 feet in elevation. And the tallest one is called Long's Peak, and it is at 14,259 feet. The park itself is really kind of categorized or can be categorized um, into two sections um, that are connected by Trail Ridge Road. Um, and Trail Ridge Road is one of the highest and most scenic drives in the United States, but those two sections are Estes Park and Grand Lake, um, which we both spent time in. We're going to tell you a little bit about what we're seeing right now on this drive. Um, the Rocky Mountains are, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I mean, they are the grandest, like, string of mountains that are, the, they're mostly covered in snow right now. I mean, not completely, but like, the peaks are all covered in snow. Um, as we're driving through, um, there are these tiny little towns that have, you know, all the things a tiny little town needs. But I think uh, Grand Lake is definitely a town centered on tourism, you know, for, for the park, uh, the Rocky Mountain National Park. As we're driving, there are all these, like, beautiful homes that are just, like, lofted up onto these hills like on the right and on the left there's also cattle everywhere um, and uh, there's just clearly like some thriving community there's also a lot of like it's very clear that everywhere that we're driving through is <clears throat> while there is industry here and there are things that, that are bringing in business it is 
completely um, driven by like winter tourism and just tourism to the parks. There are so many ski resorts in, that we passed um, when we were driving in the first night and even as we're driving in now. Um, and it just seems like it's like very resort heavy out here, which makes sense because it's it really is pretty incredible. And I can only imagine in the summer it's got to be just so lush and beautiful. And so we continue our trek onto Estes Park. We have about three more hours to go. And yeah, that drive was long. Yeah, it did end up taking us through Boulder. We did have to make a stop at some point at a bathroom. We did, yeah. Yeah, which is like typical. We did see some terrible Comic Sans styled bears. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't. Okay, so there were these adorable little like wood carvings of like bears and animals that had signs that said like, wipe your paws here, right? But the font was in Comic Sans. And I'm sorry, that's just how you lose customers. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Colorado has been the most beautiful. Yeah. I would say one of the scarier places for driving, for me personally, the first night we were here, we had to drive to Grand Lake from the airport, and it was dark, and I didn't realize we were going to be, like, climbing elevation mountains, and that was a little treacherous for me, but, like, in the daylight, actually, it's been fine. Yeah. But, it, yeah, the most breathtaking views, right and left, literally everywhere you go mm-hmm. yeah no totally and driving through boulder was neat too um because you're definitely like in areas of like sparser population for a little while on this drive and like then you got to see boulder and kind of see what like a bigger city was like because we didn't really see denver we kind of went right to beaver creek visitor center we did we pulled into estes park estes park is like this adorable town it's like pretty thriving it is famous for having the stanley hotel which is the hotel from the shining and also dumb and dumber right as we were corrected on the trail today we were yeah so we go to the beaver creek visitor center and you talk to the ranger right In our previous day of hiking, when we talked to the rangers at the Grand Lake Visitor Center, they had recommended a few hikes on the Estes Park side. But they're like, of course, stop and talk to the rangers at the Visitor Center there. And the hikes that were recommended to us were Gem Lake, Deer Mountain, and then also Bear Lake, if there was, you know, availability. So I talked to the ranger and I let him know that we had about six hours and what did he think was best and what did he think was accessible. We also had some listeners write in and recommend some things mm-hmm. to do. Yep. And so we considered all of that too. Yep. Yeah, it's Kelly from Drive Hike Repeat. Um, thank you for your suggestion on Bear Lake. It was definitely one that we had tried to to fit in there. It just didn't end up manifesting itself. Not today. Not no. today. So the ranger recommended that we definitely do Deer Mountain. Um, and if there was time to try to go to Gem Lake, he had recommended some other things because he was a little uncertain that we'd be able to do both. Um, so he had some other like points of interest that he had marked out for us. So, you know, we kind of reconnected because you definitely ogled some t-shirts for a little while while I was talking to the ranger. I did. They were fine. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything to write? I didn't ultimately buy any of them. No, you didn't. I know. You save your t-shirts for like the one for, that's like, the most special. Absolutely the most right. special. There is like this like t-shirt from the Smoky Mountains mm-hmm. that has a bear on it. That but the bear is the bear like, says it's like wipe this... your paws here in comic sense. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right. It's this outline of a bear that is sort of like the spirit of a bear and it's created by all of these images of other animals. That's right. And I, I do like that shirt. Obsessed that with you that have. shirt. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, no, so we reconnected and we got back in our little car and scoot scooted away to the um, Deer Mountain Trailhead. Okay, so we made it to Estes Park. Right, and we were just at the Beaver Creek Visitor Center and we had talked about a few hikes with the ranger there. We'd gotten some recommendations yesterday from our ranger down in Grand Lakes. She had mentioned Gem Lake, Deer Mountain, and also Bear Lake. Um... So when I talked to the ranger this morning, I was like, we have six hours. What do you recommend? These are what we recommended to us. And he was like, definitely do Deer Mountain. It's a six mile, like there and back. And then, you know, you might have some time for Gem Lake. Bear Lake has 20 parking spots. So I don't know if you want to drive half hour to get there and then not be able to park. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but right now we are at the trailhead for Deer Mountain and 
the view, even from here, is just spectacular. The sky is like the bluest ever. There's some beautiful stratus clouds in the sky. And then the mountain peaks in the distance are just full of... Um, most of them are full of snow, but not all of them are. And it's time for a break. So this is a game we played all day today when we were hiking in the Rocky Mountain National Park, which is the vault. You pick a category and you're only allowed to put three things in the vault to be safe forever. Everything else will be destroyed and never remembered. But you are allowed to choose three things <laughs> but that will always that be remembered. Bad, the stakes are very high. Yes. Start us off, Mike. You have to put in three classic Disney films into the vault. Into and when I vault. say classic, I mean pre like CGI animation. Of course. All right. So I can include animated and live action. Sure. You can do live action. That's fine. Okay, great. Yeah. I am going to put in first and foremost, bed knobs and broomsticks. We've talked about that movie before. Oh yeah. But yes, I'm obsessed. Um second, the original parent trap starring okay. Haley Mills. Because there is not a bigger Haley Mills fan in the world than this queer sin right here. <laughs> and then finally, Sleeping Beauty, because... That's a good choice. Um, the world cannot forget Maleficent. No. Also, <laughs> that's how you say it. That's right. The incorrect way. I wasn't invited to the right. party. Right. Mm -hmm. Spiteful. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with well, her. Also, the, the red and green and blue fairies. Oh, right, exactly. Fauna and Mary Weather. Oh, I love them. Yeah. There was, once upon a time, this like... Uh, idea Disney had to do a whole theme park in Orlando mm -hmm. called Villains. Oh. And it was a world like where the villains all lived. Oh. Did you never know this? No. That is This isn't like the most deep cut Disney uh -huh. Uh -huh. insider knowledge. But like it's gotten like this resurgence on the internet as of late. And mm -hmm. I'm like, please God, make this happen. Oh, that'd be like, great. Make like the the centerpiece would be Maleficent's castle. Maleficent's castle. <laughs> the whole plan. That's awesome. But I mean, they have so much to choose from, and oh my god, I would love it. Wow. Yeah. Give us our dark, tortured souls. And what about you? What would be the three um, Disney well, films your you would films put in the vault? Just like informed a lot of what I was going to say, but um, because I they were they were things I definitely forgot about. But Sword in the Stone is like the highest on my list. Oh. Along with Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Mm -hmm. And I want to say Sleeping Beauty too, only because the artwork, the background artwork in Sleeping Beauty is, is the most fantastic. Unbelievable. Right. It is the most, like it is untouched. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's what I'm doing too. Aladdin was a close contender because I love all the songs from Aladdin. And I, and I almost said the Lion King yeah. because I just, the references to Hamlet, the, mm -hmm. you know, the uh, African music, like I'm obsessed, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But. So the beginning of this trail, the Deer Mountain Trail, was a little foresty and there was no snow. Right. Yeah, We I remember getting out of the car and just kind of being really inspired by everything that we were seeing around us. Like it was very awe-inspiring. Because it was like view immediately. And then from like almost all sides, the too. trail was you were headed up the side of the mountain. It was over a valley and you could see all of the surrounding mountains. Yeah. And uh, the beginning of this trail was a little uphill. Yeah. And then it was flat for a little while. And then it started to change to uphill again. Yeah. So we hit a lot of switchbacks pretty immediately. We kind of were in like open field, but like field that was sloped on the side of the mountain that became like switchbacky and then kind of wound us up into that forest level. Right. Literally like every time you turn around, the view just gets grander and grander. So we've been hiking about how long? 30 minutes? 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Up this uh, Deer Mountain Trail. And um, what are we seeing? Just sweeping mountainous landscape. Like, it's really kind of too amazing to almost seem real. Yes. Like, so many times I've just stopped and taken it in to go, like, just take it in and let it sink through you. I mean, because it's just that in incredible. And it's all over. It's on every side of you. Yeah, it's... I mean, we've taken probably the same mountain photo 
so many different times because we're just seeing it from a different location and it's just continuing to change. And the sky is so blue and these clouds are like feathered through the sky perfectly and the trees are sweeping um, up and down the landscape. So you have a rich forest green that is complementing everything. It's like, uh, I can't believe this is a real place. So we continue up the mountain. We just are hitting switchback after switchback. This hike was about a thousand foot elevation gain, but it was done in such a way that you really didn't feel it. Like I mean, you felt you it. You felt it, but, but it, it was, was so gradual. gradual. So it was really nice. But, you know, we're turning and eventually we start to wind ourselves into like a much more wooded area. And it's very clear that this is an area that isn't getting a lot of sun because... We encounter snow. We do. And um, in episodes that are forthcoming, you will hear all about the snow adventures we had yesterday on the Grand Lake side of the Rocky Mountain National Park. But today, the snow was maybe like six inches of snow on the ground. Maybe. And it was pretty in places. packed. And like, it wasn't everywhere. Yeah, but it was sparse. It was sparse. And so while we were hiking on the snow, we ran into these other two hikers uh, named Mark and Tim, and they were lovely. And um, we started talking to them. They had they made some small talk with us about, um, you know, our first time on the trail or not, if we'd done it before, if it was our first time in the park. And we started to um, chat some about that. Um, and then Mark told us that he was a teacher and uh, they were up just to... Uh, hike this trail today. Yeah, they were from Denver. You know, we got to talking to you about just the ins and outs of teaching in like a very brief conversation. Um, and just like we talked a little bit about um, that woman who was in the Denver area that was like very obsessed with, you know, the Columbine massacre and how the schools had been closed. Were you not a part of this conversation with me? No. No. So he had talked about that. And just like everything that that kind of brought back. And, you know, he was really interested as like an art teacher and a theater teacher, how we made classroom safe spaces. So we really got into kind of like an in-depth conversation for like really quickly, very quickly. And it was great. And it was very like easy. It was yes. super easy. And as with most times when you run into people on the trail and you start chatting with them, like you walk for a while and you're chatting and then eventually at some point either someone walks ahead of you or you walk ahead of that. It's just sort of like there's some sort of natural kind of parting of ways yeah. that happens, which did happen with us. Yeah. And, um, but it was really lovely to chat with them. As we kept making our way up, the snow was still there. Yeah, it was it really was, clear that we weren't going to not see snow for the no. rest of the way. It was like we were going to just be hiking on top of snow. Okay, so now we've been hiking for about... 45 minutes. And um, still, the view is just... Uh, you can't beat it. Yeah, we also did the thing that we always do, and we're like, let's layer up. And then, like, 45 minutes in, it's like you're just a giant box of sweat. Oh my god, yeah. I'm a huge sweat box right now. So we just, like, de-layered a little bit. Yeah. And so we're... There's some switchbacks on here, but we're taking... It's slow. We are not in snowshoes today. No. That's a beautiful thing. Praise the Lord. That's right. Because you know what? I don't, I, I'm not here for snowshoeing. No. May the Lord open. May the, <laughs> may the Lord open. Yeah, there's a little bit of snow on this trail, but it's like so minimal that there's no need for any snowshoes. But it's like, it, I'm going to stop talking for a second. I want you to listen to this. It's just like, the most beautiful silence, mm -hmm. most peaceful. So we continue our way up to the top of Deer Mountain Trail. And um, as we're walking, yeah, I mean, the snow is still there. It's Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. It's melting away. But generally speaking, it's a warmer day. And um, it feels really good as we were traveling up. Yeah, it was kind of cloudy, like, to start, and we weren't really sure what to expect. So when we rented snowshoes our first day in Rocky Mountain on the Grand Lake side, you know, the ranger was like, you might need snowshoes over there. I would just rent them for a second day. So we took them, 
And when we talked to the ranger at the visitor center in Beaver Creek, he was like, no, you shouldn't need them. But if you do, come back and tell me. And it really was just like walking on packs now. It was a yeah. little slippery here and there. Totally. Uh, and I'm glad I had my hiking poles. Yeah. You you utilized those more than I did. Yes. Um, you didn't take yours out at all. I know. Well, I know. I, I think, think I'm going to feel pride. that tomorrow. It wasn't pride. I think it was pride. It wasn't pride. Listen, mm-hmm. my knees are thanking me for those yeah. hiking poles. Right I know now. they are. So, so yeah, I'm going to use them like all the time. Yeah. The incline is gradual and the switchbacks aren't too steep. No. Um, they're there. You got to do them, but there are all these little offshoots on the, um, on the trail where you can just like stand at the edge and just like, they're overlooked in this like bask view of just like the most breathtaking view you have yeah. ever seen of anything. And these mountains in the distance that are like covered in snow at the top and yeah. like the sweeping green uh, trees that um, are covering the valleys below. Like it is, I mean, uh, I'm, it's a place that left me speechless. Right. There were definitely a lot of little pull-offs that we totally took advantage of. And a lot of dead trees. And a lot of dead trees for me to just, you know, bask in the glory of. Um, But of course I was, you know, a little ahead of Dusty because this is just what I do. And how it Uh, works. And how it works. I roll. Cue. But as we're walking, we're getting closer and closer to the top and all of a sudden there are Tim and Mark again. Yeah, Um, we see Tim and Mark again. And um, it was uh, cool to run into them again. And then we had kind of flattened out up at the top and we were like, we must be getting to the summit here because the summit's got to be around here. Yeah. And after a little while, like we just were like, oh, we're just walking with Tim and Mark. So we were just hiking along with them and kind of chatting along the entire way too. Right. And then you're, you know, we kind of hit that summit and then... Basically, no, 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 no. We didn't hit the summit. No, no, no. We sorry, hit the flat, we hit the flat top, top near where the summit would be or should be or should be. Right. But as we were walking, we noticed because basically at this point in time, you are um, not. Uh, you are following the footsteps that are packed in the snow. Right. Like that's how you know where the trail is because um, there is no signage for any of the trails on Rocky Mountain National Park, except at the very, very beginning. And sometimes when you like make it to the top. Right. Or make it to your destination point. Right. Yeah. Uh, and on this trail in particular, there were no blazes. Right. There or were, Karens or to Karens, be seen. Anything. There was one Karen that you were like, well, I think that's a Karen. And I was like, well, there's only one. And I think somebody <laughs> right, made right. that. I think Karens are probably harder in this park only because of the snow. So I'm sure that blazes are probably what they typically are using. But then again, but not we, on this trail. Girl. But then again, we hiked later, and there weren't blazes there either. No. So, so I think it's a lot of just like being situationally aware of what people have done before you. But right. we came to this kind of vast, open, flat top, and we lost the the thread. We absolutely there was, there was no the, footprints. No footprints. I have no idea where like we were headed, and the All Trails app had said recently that like a couple of days ago that like, it was hard to find out where to go at the top of that trail. Yeah. That is what another hiker told us right. on our descent. Into. Yeah. So we're there with Tim and Mark and all four of us are like, what do we do? Wandering aimlessly is not something either of you, you or I were interested in doing. No. And it was hard because we had because heard voices. That is not safe. And it was hard because we had heard voices like a little bit, like further and we had actually seen some hikers that were kind of like walking back our way and they were hikers that were a little ahead of us on the trail at the beginning and we called to them hey did you find the summit and they're like no we totally are lost right now so they started to walk back towards us as well and Um, so at that point we were like you know what this isn't worth it like i mean we have essentially made it up here to the top i guess we just like turn around and we head back down so we turn around and we start to head the other way and then we run into another hiker and um she uh asked us like oh were you headed and we were like yeah we were but we lost the trail we have no idea where it is and she was like oh yeah well i've done it before in the summer in the summer and you're supposed to make it up to like this like 
bald area with, you know, like rocks and that you can stand on and take uh, like the aerial view in on all sides. And it's apparently an incredible aerial view. Right, apparently. And so we were like, but we can't find it. But apparently she had read that the All Trails app had also said that there had been other like people had made kind of pseudo other trails and footprints and snow like leading elsewhere. And uh, she was like, okay, well, if you guys can't find it, then I guess I'll just turn around and walk back with you. Yeah. And so she joined us and that was Selena. Mm -hmm. And so now we had a group of five of us headed back down the trail. Welcome to Drag Queen Corner. And this week's drag queen comes from listener Jessica, who wrote in and uh, gave us this one, which is, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Miss Desiree, Desiree Canyon. Canyon. Um, Desiree Canyon, a reference to Desert Canyon, mm-hmm. but yes, Desiree Canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is Desiree Canyon, Mike? <sighs> who is Desiree Canyon? Um, well, we know one thing for sure. She's hotter in the canyon than she is at the rim. <laughs> um, so I feel like she has some sort of outfit that is very, like, flashy at the bottom, and and it just is transformative as it rises. If that makes any sense, yes, like a little Katniss Everdeen girl on fire. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I sort of see Desiree Canyon as like a, um, like she is the, like, the cactus flower. Mm, okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, like that's transformative at the top, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. a cactus births a flower, mm-hmm. and, like, it's, like, you know, all those beautiful colors, mm-hmm. and I feel like that is where, like, she gets... Mm-hmm. Like, she is that flower. Okay. Yeah. I do feel like she is, like, a 60s lounge singer. Like, that name, oh, totally. Desiree Canyon, is oh, just, like, like... she sounds like Adele when mm-hmm. she sings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely has that like star quality too. Oh, totally. Like, people flock to Desiree Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, they just want to hike all over her. Exactly. Right. She's the, as Jessica said in her um, suggestion, she's a cactus queen. She is a cactus but queen. Yes, I think she um, has. So uh, she's beautiful, but sharp. So sh- her wit is so sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, you know, will sting you. Mm-hmm. However, you know, that goes. And stick to you for a long time. And right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's prickly. She's prickly. That's a great way to there put you it. Go. She's prickly. <laughs> right. And I do feel like she has, um, I don't think that sh- every one of her outfits is like, you know, a reference to cacti. Cacti or, you know, the Southwest or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that she iconically has some kind of reference to the Southwest. Okay. So that is just like, elevated in this way that is just magnificent and elegant and very pageant. I mean, she is the flower growing out of the cactus. What do you think her iconic lip sync would be? Oh God, that's a good question. Would it be a desert rose by sting? I mean, that's a little on the nose. Mm, it is a little on the nose. Yes, I know. Um, See, okay. I think she gets her inspiration from Dusty Springfield. Mm-hmm. No lie. When people meet me and I tell them my name is Dusty and they go like, Oh, like Dusty Springfield. I'm my gut response. is always like, Oh, so you're gay too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Anyway, no, but I feel like, um, Desiree Canyon's iconic lip sync song is son of a preacher man. Oh yeah. I love it. Because I mean, it's just like that raw guttural Mm -hmm. sort of, uh, the look was in his eye. Right. Right, kissing, she's the storyteller. Stealing kisses with me on the slide. Right. Yeah. So, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Miss Desiree, Desiree Canyon. Canyon. So, we had determined that we were lost, essentially. I mean, not like we knew how to get back to where we were, but we had lost the trail. Mm-hmm. And that there was no way to get to the summit because we couldn't see the way. Right. And uh, but Selena told us that there were like stairs, like 
rock formed stairs Mm -hmm. that we were supposed to see, but we never saw them. No, no. And she was super apologetic. She was like, I'm really sorry that you guys can't see the top. And, you know, there is like, it's definitely there. She's like, I've done it before. I'm just really sorry that this has to be your end. And, you know, we've kind of come to live in the mantra of no FOMO when it comes to stuff like that. Um, We had an experience the day earlier that we definitely also needed to do a similar, um, like, oh, we can't find the trail. Bye. Bye. Turn around. So we just like all five of us just start our hike down. And it was kind of really cool because we were hiking with three other locals. So we really got a sense for their thoughts on a lot of things. Um, Because we had heard from a lot of different people and um, we asked them what their favorite trails were. mm -hmm. Um, We also got a sort of sense of what it is like to live in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a little bit like of like what the cost of living is like, um, just all sorts of things. They talked a lot about like they couldn't leave. Political landscape Yeah, political landscape. They were also like completely amazed that the two of us were like not feeling any effects of altitude sickness at all right they were like but they didn't know about our hafe (laughs) right right. they did not know about our hafe selena was saying that people would come and visit her and they're like oh my god i can't breathe i can't breathe i can only stay here you know for so long and because she would say you know if they wanted to go out on hikes she would make them stay at her house for like a a day or two to acclimate and then they would go out on a hike to climb up some and she did say that All hiking in Colorado is like going up. She said every day is leg day in Colorado. Every day is leg day in (laughs) Colorado. And I loved that. Yeah, that was good. And I found out there were so many products that um, were created in Colorado. Like like Otterbox. Otterbox and then the Pop Socket. Both of things I have on my phone and I did not realize. Yeah, but we also got a chance to talk. Like I feel like just as a group, we kind of just exchanged like little stories here and there. Um, I feel like Mark really had some deep thoughts and like was so, again, easy to talk to. Like you definitely were deep in conversation with him for a a lot of the track down. And I got to jump in a little bit here and there. And he was like really curious about like what it was like to be a teacher where I was because he was also a middle school teacher. Um, He taught science or he teaches science, I should say. So he was just like, oh, so what is it like with parents like where you are? Like, how are your kids? And like, what's the climate there like as far as education goes? So it's always kind of nice to talk shop a little bit. Going down was like easy because it was all downhill. Mm -hmm. Still glad I had my hiking poles because it was like a little rocky in spots as it was when we went up. But I felt like we like flew down which is mostly the case i think like in total from top to bottom um it was like a three-hour tour like literally it took us three hours to get to the top air quotes and then make our way down um was about three hours in total which was i thought pretty good it was a six mile round trek we probably did close to that just because we meandered around at the top but didn't really hit that summit point it was pretty good as far as a trail goes i know it's one of your contenders for your favorites absolutely i mean it's up there for me but it's not doing what i needed to do to beat devil's garden (laughs) okay so While we were out today in Rocky Mountain National Park, I do feel like we made more comparisons to the trails we were on than we ever have before to like other trails and other parks. But I felt like this trail today was fairly similar to like a uh, like a Mount Cameron or a Mont Leconte. Leconte. Yeah. Uh, trail in yeah. Smoky Mountains. Yeah, you would say like that. it's like an easy, gradual uphill. Um, not too bad. Uh, you can take like if you're a trail runner, I imagine you could like sh- shoot right up that and yeah. come right back down. Yeah, or um, you can. It can be a leisurely stroll. Yeah, you can go as fast as you want, and it's you know, but it's so worth all of it oh yeah it was definitely a wonderful trail and even these folks that we were with for most of the trail or at least our entire descent were like this is a great trail um we love it and the views are the views are not to be missed so let's put her on the karen stone scale i don't really think 
that she was difficult, but she was confusing at points. I do feel like we did have to work a little too. So I'm going to give her a six. I was literally going to say that to her. Yeah. So she gets a 12 in the Karen Stone. Yeah, she 12 gets 12 out of Karen Stones. Yeah, 12 out of 20. So she, um, only because like, yeah, it's incline. Yeah. It is incline. Yeah. Uh, incline is not too bad. No. Like I have, we have certainly done worse. Yes. There is worse incline out there. But <laughs> there this is. One, this one isn't the worst, no. but you just have to be aware that you're going to do it. Yeah. Following the trail was the hardest yeah. part. Of but mostly this just one. towards the top. And that's what I feel like kind of what I've experienced or what we experienced in our hikes at Rocky Mountain. It's like, like I was saying before, like situational awareness and seeing like, oh, is this actually a carved trail? Does it look like it's worn ground or now because we're in snow? Oh, does it look like there are footprints here? But then again, sometimes it's just like a little signage would be helpful. Like when we hit the top of that flat part to just be like, trail is this way. And then or to have summit something. is this yeah. way. Smoky Mountain National Park was always good with the signage. Yeah. I have found most national parks have been. Yeah. This is the first one where I'm like, girl, you need to get it together. And you're a big park too. And you're a big girl. Yeah. You know how to, you know you should do signage yeah. better. Yeah. I mean, I understand that the resources and to make those signs are all finite and um, we have other things that we need to protect and preserve and um, and do other than make signs. But I do think signs would be helpful. No. Let's play some Jeopardy. Great. All right, Mike, start us off with your Jeopardy this evening. Okay. Well, my Jeopardy is inspired by our hafe that we have been having. (laughs) So my Jeopardy is in reference to William Shakespeare, a rose by any other name. It is a fart by any other name. I'm going to be giving you a clue and you're going to need to give me the euphemism for what a fart is. Okay, I'm ready for this. I'm so here for it. This term for farting is also the sound that a car horn might make. Honking? I'll take honking. What is tooting is what I was looking for. (laughs) What is tooting? Um, Toot toot. Toot toot. A fart by any other name for 200. This euphemism for passing gas may not only relate to what will happen if you ingest items of a charcuterie plate, but also describes the action of making said charcuterie plate. What is cutting the cheese? That is correct. A fart by any other name for 300. This alliterative term for farting includes the medically correct name for your anus and the sound it would make like a fire truck if there was a five alarm butt baby in your colon. Oh, I don't know. What is a sphincter siren? (laughs) Is that the medically correct term? I mean, it's part of your anus. Yes. I wanted to use it. Sphincter siren? Yeah, sphincter siren. No, I looked up terms for farting. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. A fart by any other name for 400. If you were hunting for mallards, this euphemism for farting would really help your cause. What is duck called? That's correct. That's a term for farting? <laughs> yes, I didn't apparently. even know this. I'm okay. Yeah. Great. And, I mean, if you have, I had a duck call thing when I was little, uh-huh. and it does sound like a fart. It does sound like a fart. Okay. Great. A fart by any other name for 500. This euphemism for farting may conjure up an image of Stuart Little riding a Harley Davidson down the street. Uh, a rat on a bike? You're so close. What is that? What is a mouse on a motorcycle? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Did anyone in your family ever give the excuse, like, I have to go see a man about a dog? No. Which was the, like, code for I have to go, like, take a shit? No, no. Yeah. No. My grandmother used to use it all the time. And I was like, (laughs) but I love dogs. and I want to come see them. She's like, you can't come. You can't come see this dog. (laughs) Seriously. So... The title of this category is called Colorado Products Mm -hmm. Colored Red for Filth. Okay. The way I got that title is this. So Colorado derives its name from what in Spanish means to be colored red. Which is why the license plates were red. Some of them. Yes, some of them figuring um, that out. It was applied to describe the Colorado River because of the red sandstone Mm -hmm. that lines it in certain parts. But there are also a lot of products that originated in Colorado. Okay. 
So I am like gay reading these products. Gotcha. And you have to guess the product based on the read. Gotcha. So a reading and shade are two terms that are both like the art of the insults. Shade is like if I were to indirectly insult somebody, like it's like throwing shade over them, like mm-hmm. um, their light, like that they can't, uh, you know, beam light. So like... For instance, like if Mike were to be like, yeah, we have so much to do. And I were to say something like, right, including cleaning up the carpet from all of the water that was dripped there from, you know, the toilet earlier. That's shade. Mm -hmm. But if I look at Mike and say like, don't look at me with that outfit that you're wearing right now. That's a read because Mm -hmm. I'm like doing it directly at him. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Colored red for filth for 100. I know that people call you comfortable and I know you come in every color imaginable, but that doesn't make you acceptable footwear any season, especially with shorts. What a Crocs. Correct. 200. Let me spell it out for you. You aren't Chipotle. You ain't ever been Chipotle and you ain't even gonna ever be Chipotle. So you might as well come to terms with that now. What is Cadoba? Correct. Cadoba and Chipotle both originated in Colorado, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think Cadoba was like way before Chipotle, though. Yes? I don't exactly know where they fall in the timeline. Okay. But Chipotle has um, has jumped over. Oh, yes. It them. has eclipsed it. It has eclipsed. It's thrown all the shade. It has. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, colored red for fills for 300. Mm-hmm. We get it. You are like the way older way to send money. But if my friend needs some cash now, I'll just Venmo, PayPal or whatever them. So it saves me from having to go to the 7-Eleven, fill out a bunch of paperwork and pay a fine. So no, thank you. What is Western Union? Correct. Okay. Colored red for fills for 400. I see you over there thinking that everybody loves you and thinking that you're delicious. But the truth is, is that no one ever thinks of you outside of October 31st. And while there are shots named after your flavors and people argue about which flavor is the best, you are a cavity waiting to happen in a yellow and clear wrapper. Oh. What is candy corn? Incorrect. What is the Jolly Rancher? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. And finally, last one. Colored red for filth for 500. Girl, you are done. Seriously, you are over. I don't care that Italian immigrants adopted you as a day to celebrate their heritage. Your namesake was a racist, rapist slave owner who was credited for sailing across the seas and doing something that other people had already done. So, goodbye. You've been replaced. What is Columbus Day? Correct. Now, let me explain. Okay. Columbus Day, technically, like, the idea of it started in San Francisco in, like, the mid-1800s. Okay. But Colorado was the first state to to celebrate it it Mm. as a state. Interesting. Right. But goodbye, Columbus Day. Goodbye, Columbus Day. We don't need you anymore. We don't need you anymore. First People's Day, hello. Yes, Indigenous People's Day. I feel like Colorado would be like the first in line to like adopt Indigenous People's Day. Let's adopt it. Let's do it. All right, Colorado, we're looking at you. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to fart early and fart often. And that flatulence is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. And email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. While hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park, we would also like to acknowledge that we were on the traditional lands of the Ute, Comanche, Arapaho, and Cheyenne Indian tribes.